Hi, this is Jessica Valenti, and you are listening to Abortion Every Day. Today is Monday, March 13th, 2023. I hope everyone had a good weekend. I had an unusually good one. I had a really nice weekend. We were upstate. I got to see um, some friends who I haven't seen in a while and, and play with their kids. And then like the nicest thing ever happened, which was when my friends came over, I sent my, my husband to the local bagel place to go pick up some bagels for, you know, brunch. And when he went to go pick up the bagels and pastries on the pastry box, the employees had written like a nice little supportive message to me, which was like, honestly, just the nicest thing and made my weekend so much better. I got emotional, obviously, because I'm the biggest baby these days. Um, But I I had actually been having like a bit of a bad morning work-wise and just, you know, feeling the, the, the pressure of everything that's going on. And so it really it touched me. It was great. So thank you to the Mud Club in Woodstock, New York. You all are awesome. Let's get into it because it's Monday. And as you know, always lots to go over on a Monday, especially this Monday. Just wait until we start talking about Kazmierich and the abortion medication lawsuit. Jesus Christ. But let's start as we usually do with the states. So I have some interesting news today out of Tennessee. If you read the newsletter regularly, um, you know that I have been paying very, very close attention to Tennessee because of their extreme abortion ban, right? They have no exception for the pregnant person's health and life. Instead, they have an affirmative defense mandate, um, which essentially requires doctors who are providing life-saving abortions to first break the law and then later defend why it was necessary. But I also pay close attention to Tennessee because the state's ban is really seen as model legislation by national anti-abortion organizations who want similar restrictions throughout the country. It's an important state. Then on top of all those reasons that it's important, over the last couple of months, Republicans in Tennessee have been fighting with the state's largest anti-abortion group, Tennessee Right to Life, over adding in a health and life exception. Tennessee Right to Life opposes adding in a health and life exception because they like the the law just as it is, as fucking crazy as it possibly can be. But Republicans, who didn't really have a problem with it before, are very nervous. They can see the public outrage. They can see the polls. They can see the backlash. And so now they want to add something in. But Tennessee Right to Life has been completely undercutting them. Every time they try to propose something, Tennessee Right to Life comes out and says that's not a pro-life bill. Uh, It has been like a very heated back and forth. Well, it seems that they have finally come to some sort of agreement. Tennessee Right to Life issued a press release today saying that they will support a newly tweaked amendment that they say specifies that treating ectopic pregnancies and miscarriages is not criminal. But here's the thing. The actual language of the amendment does not say it's not criminal to treat a miscarriage. It says it's not criminal to, quote, remove a dead fetus. That is a a huge, huge difference, okay? That means that one of the biggest health issues that we've seen in states with abortion bans, which is doctors delaying or denying care for miscarrying women because there's still a heartbeat, that remains, that issue remains, because the language doesn't say miscarrying, it says to remove a dead fetus, which means there is still an issue because these doctors are not going to be able to give treatment until that heartbeat is gone. And so what that means is that this amendment that Tennessee Right to Life is coming out to like make a big statement about is a fucking nothing burger. It is nothing. It means zero in terms of how women will be treated. Instead, 
It is just a way for Tennessee right to life to pretend that they actually give a shit about women and a way for Republicans to pretend that they have like a win and that they were able to make the the ban more moderate. So do not fall for it. It is, it is just total incomplete bullshit. And I hope that Democrats there raise the alarm on that. Meanwhile, in Florida, um, Republican U.S. Senator Rick Scott of Florida, of course, came out against the proposed six-week abortion ban over the weekend. He said he believed the law should remain as it is with a 15-week ban. And I'm just flagging this because I really feel like this sort of represents what is going to be a growing problem for Ron DeSantis, right? He's expected to announce a presidential run soon. And I read an article, and of course I lost the link, from a political reporter saying he was actually, while he was saying he was going to support the six-week abortion ban, he was taken aback that it happened as quick as it did, that he wasn't expecting um, lawmakers to propose it as quickly as, as they did. And so now he's like in this fucked up position because most Americans and even most voters in Florida oppose a six-week ban, right? We, we know that. And so now he is put in this position of having to defend this, this super extreme bill, even though people don't want it, and that could hurt him. But he sort of has to because national anti-abortion groups have made it very clear that they expect that the Republican presidential candidate is going to be an extremist on abortion and that they will push for a federal ban. So he needs to decide what he's going to do. I don't feel bad for him. I hope this bites him in the ass in the in the biggest way possible. Some more out of Florida, State Representative Robin Bartleman gave an interview to a local television station over the weekend about that six-week ban, just sort of explaining how horrific it is and, and what the law would actually mean in people's real lives and experiences with pregnancy. And, and she also gets into that exception, so-called exception for rape and incest and, and how it isn't usable. And I've embedded that interview if you want to check it out. It's, it's worth watching if you want to get into the nitty uh, gritty of it. This is really upsetting. I have some bad news out of Pennsylvania, and this is a story that is is still sort of unfolding, and I'm trying to find out more. A woman there in Pennsylvania has been arrested and charged with third-degree murder after her infant was born prematurely and died. Again, the details are still coming out, but here's what we do now. We know that a 21-year-old gave birth at home at 23 weeks and brought the baby girl to the hospital an hour later, where the baby then passed away. So immediately, I think anyone would ask why in the world would anyone be arrested for what is obviously a tragedy, right? What it appears like is that this woman has substance abuse issues and police found out that she tried to get an abortion months ago and was unsuccessful. And that in addition to trying to get this abortion, she later at a doctor's appointment had refused to submit to a drug test. And again, we do not know all the details here, right? But the precedent is really, really disturbing. The idea that because she tried to get an abortion, that's an indication that she committed murder. Because she tried to get an abortion months ago, that somehow means that she's at fault for having a premature baby. And as you know, um, the, you know, the targeting of women with substance abuse issues has been a real, real issue for a long time. And, and the organization Pregnancy Justice has been doing a lot of work on this if you want some background. But again, think about what the precedent is here. Again, and, and in a pro-choice state, are we saying that if a woman has a stillbirth or miscarriage, that police are going to investigate whether or not she ever considered an abortion or if she took a plan B, right? Like what does that have to do with the outcome of a pregnancy? 
And actually, now that I think about it, it actually is linked very much to this conservative idea of redefining abortion, not as a medical intervention to end a pregnancy, but in intent, right? Like we've, we've seen this a lot with, um, you know, we saw it with that, with that Duggar woman and just in general, I think it was in Idaho. Yes. Idaho, they included a new term in one of their anti-abortion bills that was some things are not an abortion, but a, a medically indicated separation procedure, right? They're trying very hard to redefine abortion Again, not as a medical uh, intervention, but as an intention. And once you define abortion as an intention, that opens up the door to stuff like this, right? Where they can go back and look at, well, she Googled abortion clinics. So maybe that miscarriage wasn't a miscarriage. It's really disturbing shit. It's very dystopian. If you'd like to hear the rest of the audio version of the newsletter, please consider signing up for a paid subscription. It really is the best way to support the work that I'm doing here at Abortion Every Day. Either way, thanks for listening, and I hope you talk to someone about abortion today.